I love a good crime mystery. I enjoy Sherlock Holmes mysteries, and especially the Father Brown mysteries. Whatever mystery story you read, the mystery author presents various clues, and the reader's task is to correctly try to interpret them and understand them in order to solve the mystery. And the end is something your mind can fully grasp. The Bible teaches us a different kind of mystery. We do not figure out biblical mysteries. We accept them because God reveals them to us. In the case of a crime mystery, first learn the facts, and from learning the facts, the mystery is resolved. In the case of God's word, you first learn the mystery, and in learning the mystery, you find out more about it, but it still remains a mystery. That is, it remains something that is beyond our human understanding to fully grasp. Now, I think people are often surprised by the Gospel reading for Trinity Sunday. It does not seem to be the clearest text that could be chosen to discuss the mystery of the Trinity. Now, if you want to know how we ended up choosing that text, and you're like me and interested in that kind of stuff, I can tell you later. Because most of the people are not interested in that. The focus of John 3, though, is in revealing the work of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in redeeming us. And it even focuses on the place where the triune name is placed upon us. Baptism. So that John 3 reveals the mystery of the Triune God and of our salvation. The mystery of the Trinity is revealed and taught throughout the Bible. Even in Genesis 1, you have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all present and active in the work of creation. In Isaiah 6, which we just heard, the angels sing, Holy, 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 which has been understood by Christians as a reference to the Triune God, which is why it's the Old Testament reading for this morning. Numerous other passages could be listed. But the Trinity is most fully revealed in and through Jesus. If you want to understand God properly, start at the manger. Look at the life and teachings of Christ. Look at Christ hanging on the cross. In John 3, Jesus reveals again to us that there is one God in three persons. Several times in John 3, Jesus says we. And he's referring to the Trinity and how they are united in the work of redemption. We cannot fully comprehend how God can be one God and three persons. We cannot fully understand that God is three persons but one God, and that all three persons are working in perfect unity to rescue and redeem mankind. It's fully revealed to us in the Bible, but we can never fully understand or fully grasp with our finite minds. We'll never fully understand or get to the depths of what it means that our God is a triune God. We confess it, we believe it, but we never fully understand it. The Athanasian Creed, which we just confessed, is a beautiful summary of the doctrine of the Trinity. But even after having believed it, you still must bow before the mystery of the Holy Trinity. The God of the Athanasian Creed is an enigma to the intellects. You probably realize that even as you were confessing it. Now I sent out a link last week, I'm saying out again today, that has a PDF, and it goes through every part of the Athanasian Creed, and it has Bible verses next to it. I encourage you to go home, look up those passages that go with each section. And as you look at it, submit your reason and understanding to God's holy word, to the magnificent mystery that's being revealed to you by our good and gracious God. The only other option is to try to understand these things with our finite human reason. If we do that, we, like Nicodemus, will walk away from the Bible utterly confused. Two things that make the sinner really uncomfortable. One, the mystery that is God, and two, the mess that is themselves. Nicodemus is confused because he does not want any mysteries when it comes to God. 
And he does not want to have to deal with the mess that is his own heart. He wants to understand with his human reason who God is and how he saves. The mystery of the Holy Trinity and salvation by grace alone through faith alone are impossible for our finite minds or our sinful flesh to grasp. Jesus is saying to Nicodemus and us, if you came because you want to understand who God is and how he saves, I will tell you, you must be born again, born from above. Your own works and efforts will not and cannot bring about your justification. And with these words, Jesus destroys and condemns all that Nicodemus had been taught about salvation. And really what every religion outside of biblical Christianity teaches regarding salvation. In fact, Jesus says, if you are not born again, born from above, by water and the Spirit, you cannot even see the kingdom of God. And here in this passage and throughout John's gospel, really, to see means to believe and participate in what one believes. And here in this context, it means that unless Nicodemus or anyone is born again, they cannot and will not understand who Jesus is and how they are to be saved. That is, they will not be saved. You cannot, by your own reason and strength, believe in Jesus Christ or come to him. So we confess in the Catechism. It is nothing but simple pride and arrogance to think that you can grasp anything of the mysteries of God or salvation apart from God or ability to you through his word and spirits. Therefore, we must continually submit ourselves and our human reason and strength to the clear word of God. As Christians, we must confess that we are not wise enough, we are not strong enough to figure these things out on our own. We must confess that sin clouds everything we do and think and weakens us more than we can possibly imagine. We are deaf, blind, and dumb when it comes to things of God unless God reveals them to us. And the same is true for the mess that we ourselves and the world is in. There are no easy solutions to any of the world's problems, whether it's a pandemic, injustice, racism, poverty, or what have you. And it's only arrogance that mankind thinks that they can understand and solve these things apart from the mysteries revealed in God's word. Remember Job. Job had everything taken from him. And he wanted God to come and explain it to him. And you have to be careful in reading Job, because there's actually a lot of bad theology in Job, coming out of his friend's mouths. But Job finally gets his day in court with God like he asked. And God questions him again and again, do you understand this about me, or how I did this? And Job finally says, look, I shouldn't have said anything. And God says, that's not enough. You're going to stand up and answer me like a man. So he questions him again and again for several chapters. And Job finally says, I don't understand how you did these things or what you do in this world. I repent. God never answers his questions. Not once. But Job humbles himself for the mystery of who God is and how he works. It's quite a humbling thing to bow before the chaos and acknowledge that we don't understand, that we can't fix things in our lives or in the world but that our God has everything under control and is working in the midst of what seems like chaos to us to bring about good. And quite frankly, it's not your job to fully understand what God is doing and how he's doing it. It's your job to step out into the world in faith, jumping into the mess where God has placed you in prayer and service to your neighbor. That's what you've been called to do. The mysteries of God's word and his actions in this world will never make perfect sense to our human reason or to our sinful flesh. 
We need him to open our eyes to see the wonderful mysteries of his word. Because as we've confessed already this morning, in these mysteries is eternal life and salvation. We need the clarity of God's holy word to reveal these things to us. One thing the mystery of salvation is tied up with and revealed in is the mystery of baptism. The Holy Spirit works faith where and when it pleases God, as we confess in the Augsburg Confession, Article 5 of the ministry. But first, I want you to hear from Article 4 on justification. Because these two are intimately tied together, and they both summarize what's taught in John chapter 3. So Article 4 of justification. Also, they teach that men cannot be justified before God by their own strength, merits, or works, but are freely justified for Christ's sake, through faith. And they believe that they are received into favor, that their sins are forgiven for Christ's sake, who by his death has made satisfaction for our sins. This faith God imputes for righteousness in his sight. And then Article 5, that we may obtain this faith, that faith is talked about, that receives justification. The ministry of teaching the gospel and the ministry of the sacraments was instituted. For through the word and sacraments as through instruments, the Holy Spirit is given, who works faith, where and when it pleases God in them that hear the gospel, to wit, that God, not for our own merits, but for Christ's sake, justifies those who believe that they are received into grace for Christ's sake. Wherever you have the word of God, there you have the Holy Spirit accomplishing God's purposes, where and when it pleases Him. Now this is a profound mystery. We confess it, but we never fully understand it. And then this all comes together beautifully in baptism, where through this means, the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit is placed upon you. One name, three persons, three persons, one name. And those holy waters, your sins are washed away, and the forgiveness won by your crucified Lord is given to you. You are marked with the name, and you are made a child of the one true God. You are born again, born from above by water and the Spirit. Your eyes are open that you may see the kingdom of God, and the mysteries of God are revealed to you. As I announced, this will happen today in this place at 4 o'clock when Grace Preuss is baptized. How can all of this be? It's a great mystery. It's a mystery that's revealed to us in John chapter 3, so we can rejoice and marvel in it. All that we've talked about this morning is a magnificent mystery. Who our God is and how he saves. But a mystery we accept because God has fully revealed these things to us and his son being lifted up on the cross. The Holy Trinity is the only real God and the only God that we can trust. He puts us to death and raises us back up to life again in holy baptism. We are born again. We see him and trust him and know him. As our God, we look to see Jesus lifted up for us on the cross for our salvation. When we behold Jesus on the cross, we say, Behold our God. Look to that man suffering for your sins and see the love that blots out all the wrong you ever did, fills you with peace and joy and promises you eternal life. Look to the cross, trust Christ, and live forever. Delight in this mystery. In a moment, we'll receive Christ's body and blood with the bread and wine. Another mystery of God that's revealed to us but not something we can ever hope to fully grasp or understand. Receive the mystery and rejoice. I wanted to end the sermon with this prayer of Johann Gerhard. This comes before his own massive work on the Trinity, 
And I think it beautifully captures the mystery and beauty of the Trinity. And it's my hope that this will be our humble prayer as well. Be present, true light, Father, omnipotent God. Be present, light of light, Word and Son of God, omnipotent God. Be present, Holy Spirit, harmony of the Father and the Son, omnipotent God. Be present, one omnipotent God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We confess this faith in you, through you, of you. We confess you, one in substance, three in persons. O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, blessed Trinity, God, Lord, Paraclete, love, grace, communication, begetter, begotten, regenerator, true light, true light of light, illumination, the invisibly invisible, the invisibly visible, the visibly invisible, fountain, river, watering, from whom, through whom, and in whom are all things, the living life, the life from the living one, life giver of the living, Truthful Father, Son who is the truth, the Spirit of truth. One essence, one might, one goodness. God above whom is nothing, outside of whom is nothing, and without whom is nothing. God under whom is everything, in whom is everything, and with whom is everything. We invoke you, we worship you, we praise you. Teach us faith, stir up hope, pour in love. Amen. Peace of God passes on understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.